You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to Critical Mass Business Talk Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and I am excited to introduce our guest for today, Anthony Domenici. He is the co-founder and CFO of the company Basecamp Consulting. Anthony, welcome to the program. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having me. So as I said in the top there, you are the co-founder of Basecamp Consulting Group. Um, talk to our audience about what was your original motivation, you and your partner, uh, to start this business? Yeah, I mean, I think we had always wanted to do something for ourselves. And for me, I think consulting, I'd done a little bit here and there, and it was seemed like um, a, a sort of quick way to start my own business with very little upfront investment, financial investment, I guess. Um, and, you know, I have a certain skill set and capabilities that are very transferable across businesses. Um, so I think it was something I had thought about and it really wasn't um, something that I was prepared to do mentally Just kind of throughout my career. I had to get to a certain point, I think, and maybe the universe had to give me a little bit of push as well. And right. those things kind of aligned and um, the opportunity um, kind of revealed itself and we just went for it really. Um, so, so, so let's, let's, let's peel that back a little bit. Um, how long were you two talking about it before you pulled the trigger and did it? Um, well, Ken, my business partner, Ken Young, he, um, he's the type of guy that will like go to bed with an idea and wake up with a business plan. So he, he, he actually had a logo and like things already kind of built out in his mind. And, um, we had talked about doing it randomly. I mean, we had known each other, um, since like 2017, we worked together, um, in previous lives and, you know, we worked really well together. We kind of similar way of thinking about things. And um, we seriously were talking about it probably for a few months before we actually pulled the trigger. Um, you know, we kind of jumped into the cannabis industry together, um, which was sort of like a big mental hurdle for me to go from a large company to a small company. So kind of that transition really, you know, startup, new industry. There's a lot of things that were you know, kind of broadened my horizons uh, through that experience. So having gone through that and, you know, getting a little bit more comfortable with taking risks and, um, you know, pushing myself, being uncomfortable, those are kind of a, a few things that kind of led to that. And then, you know, the pandemic really was sort of the the catalyst, I guess, for, for us kind of pulling the trigger on it. Um, the opportunities to help companies in, sort of turmoil, turmoil and unknown and, you know, cash flow being a very important issue. Um, you know, it's always an important issue, but during that time, that was probably the biggest issue that rose to the top. Yes. Um, and, you know, through my cannabis experience, I really kind of strengthened those skills. Um, and Ken and I have com complimentary sort of SNOP through, you know, sales and ops planning down all the way to cash flow and they connect. So we kind of just started seeing those opportunities happening and, uh, I basically called him up and said, I'm going to do this. Should we do it? And he was like, yes. So we just, we just pulled the trigger. <laughs> That's awesome. What is it that Basecamp Consulting Group does? Yeah, I mean, we're a management consulting group. Um, we focus on CPG 
companies, we have a strong passion for CPG. Um, we have, you know, Ken's entire career spent in, you know, beverage, alcohol, wines and spirits. Um, I kind of had a little bit of a more, you know, winding path. Um, but we have a passion for those type of businesses um, and, you know, a, a history of success. Um, and I really enjoy working with um, sort of strong culture and branded companies. Um, so we we started a little broad, probably, you know, trying to kind of fill the bucket and get ourselves work. And but we're really sort of focusing on this uh, finance and sales and ops planning um, slice right now. Um, we sort of have refined it a little bit over time and we're, um, you know, trying to add value to these hyper growth and transitional companies. Um, it's sort of the sweet spot is sort of something that has like a proof of concept and, you know, business and activity and revenue, but to get to the next level, you need a little more sophistication in, you know, supply and demand planning and connecting that to your cash flow. Um, and, you know, that could also just be monthly management routine and KPIs. And what do you track on a daily basis to get your business to the next level? So there's, there's kind of different few areas there, but. Sure, sure. So I'm wondering in the year plus since you and Ken started your business, what have you learned? And have you had any major or minor pivots in the business? I heard you say we might have started a little too broad. So I'm just wondering if you could share your experience as an early stage entrepreneur with our audience yeah i think um there's a few things for sure i mean having a partner i think is really valuable when i the in the you know the first few days or first couple months where you know i was sort of thinking about doing this on my own and trying to get some things going on my own it was it was a lot more difficult to kind of navigate and that kind of goes into the next thing i think which is like getting too too high or too low on things that happened. So I was so, so invested in every little thing that happened initially that I was like on this roller emotional roller coaster where, you know, I had a deal and I didn't have a deal. I had a, I sent out a contract. It didn't, it never got signed. And, you know, I would have a meeting that I would think would be nothing. And it was an amazing meeting. And it was, <laughs> it was like everything was so dramatic. I felt like at the beginning, but so trying to kind of like keep an even keel, um, you know, and just keep going. Um, and I think the other thing we that Ken and I really focus on is kind of leading with the core values. Like we mm. try, you know, first and foremost to just be good people and do the right thing. And so when we have a situation where you're a little unsure of what to do, we just kind of go back to that. And I think that's really kind of been a good thing for us. We try to, you know, we're not perfect. Everything doesn't always go the way you want. And so if, as long as we're trying to make it right, we feel good about it. Um, and then I think the other thing um, is, you know, I've, I'm from Southern California. I was a big Kobe fan. And there was this thing that he always talked about, which is like enjoying the work. And I try to think about that a lot because um, our business, you know, we have goals, but it's sort of there's never like an ending point um, per se. So I think about uh, enjoying the opportunity that I have for myself right now. I mean, we keep keep going every day and keep grinding, but um you know enjoying the work that i'm doing working for different companies seeing different business models it's super interesting you know building my own company working with people that i want to work with um all those things are really were my dream a year ago so i've you know sort of achieved some version of the dream but it's still it's still going right so um we'll keep pushing keep challenging ourselves and 
you know, I think just kind of enjoying that daily grind a little bit. And uh, that can be tough at sometimes in an early stage company and following that emotional roller coaster that you talked about. I'd, I'd like to pick out maybe just a little follow up question on you talked about having core values and how you you and your partner can kind of lean on those. So I'm wondering, did you both come in with the values already or did you have a process? How did you agree upon what the core values for your company would be? Um, I think we kind of naturally had a similar idea. Um, we tend to have like every call it 60 days, like a, you know, a, a recap strategy session where we're like, you know, so what's happened in the last 60 days and what should we be doing and what did we learn and should we pivot a little bit here and there and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of going back to your other follow up about the pivots, you know, I think, um, you know, when we started with just the two of us, we we had to get work. So we kind of started really broad and, and we're a little bit more freeform about what we were doing. Um, so being a little bit more specific and targeted and, you know, having infrastructure built around the projects that we're doing so we can repeat them and then we're, you know, better and better every time where initially we're kind of building them as we went. Yes, I've done this before, but I didn't do it for in this way, you know, um, so I think, you know, we, we'd had part of our, our thing is, you know, trying to be good people, um, you know, being, being a little savage too. I mean, we had to go out and, you know, do, you know, continue to push and, you know, get uncomfortable and, you know, go hundred percent into things. So I think that was, you know, some of the things that we follow, um, they just kind of came out naturally. I think we, we have complementary skills and complementary way of thinking of things and, you know, just kind of came out. So I, I think I understand that this is your first on pure entrepreneurial venture as the as a founder or co-founder, correct? Yeah. Okay. Is it also his first time as an entrepreneur, starter, you know, founder, early stage? Um, he's worked on a couple other projects um, before, um, but I think this is kind of like the first time where we're both 100% full time and right. what we're doing you know and right. um yeah for me that was a really hard thing to mentally wrap my mind around i mean i would have never like say i'm gonna you know i have a wife and a kids and a mortgage and i'm like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna quit my job and go to zero and then be like i'm gonna start a company you know so um yeah i think it it just sort of worked out in a way that was positive for both of us. And we were able to hit the ground running like immediately. So it kind of worked out. It did. That's fantastic because uh, I can hear in your voice and in the words you're saying, uh, I think a similar journey, emotional journey and logical journey that every entrepreneur who left a job with a paycheck has to reconcile the fact that if you're going to have a paycheck, you have to create a business that can afford to pay you. And that is a reality. <laughs> And as the CFO, you're very aware of the financial ramifications of having to pay two founders and all the rest of the things that come along with the business. So this is, uh, I'm so glad we're talking with you. We're, you'll be back in a couple of years when you're talking to me about the challenges of scaling the business to the next level right now. Yeah, that's that's what I'm working on right now. <laughs> all right. So we'll get you back, Anthony, to talk about that. You know, in our um, earlier conversations, 
you mentioned something on uh, in one of our sessions that I was intrigued by. You mentioned to me that you've identified and believe that today's employees have a preference to work for smaller companies because it allows them the opportunity maybe to leverage their skills more fully and to make an impact on the business. And you inspired me so much with that that we sent a poll out on my LinkedIn, which is available if you're listening live, you want to take it, it's in my uh, LinkedIn profile there, you can find it, um, asking people, what what do they think? And so here's, I'll just kind of go through it. We asked them that question, where do they think employees would prefer because their skills can be more fully utilized and they can make an impact on the business. We gave them four choices, everything from startup to a small company, which was a company with less than 100 employees, to a middle market company, which was a company with greater than 100, but less than like 10,000, and then large companies greater than 10,000. So I'll go top down. So far, no one has said employees prefer to work at large companies because they can leverage their skills and impact the company. 24% have said they believe the middle market companies, you know, can the mid-sized companies have that opportunity. 53% said small companies, less than 100, and 24% said startups. So it's really skewed to the smaller companies and the, uh, you know, off the large companies. So that, that falls in line with your observation that you shared with me previously. So maybe you yeah. can just expand a little bit on that observation. Yeah, I mean, I think for myself, I had worked for three, you know, billion plus dollar revenue companies before going into this, you know, small company slash startup kind of environment. And I think when you work for a large company like that, a vast majority of the people have a very specific task or thing that they're an expert in um, that, you know, and they may, they may want exposure to other things, but it's a little bit more difficult. You have this thing you have to repeat over and over and over again. And, you know, there's reporting and whatever that people rely on all these different things. So it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, and also to kind of get the ear of your management team or whatever it is, it, you know, not to say it's impossible, it is possible, but you know, every employee can't ha have that type of relationship and exposure where if you're in a smaller environment, which I think my comment was, um, you know, we had kind of had the luxury of a small company to be working very closely with every employee that we have. Um, so when someone, you know, makes a comment that they want to work on something or do something new or, you know, they have skills that they feel like they haven't been able to fully utilize, we can react very quickly to that. And we can even go out and, you know, find a project for them, um, which I think is sort of, you know, unique to our business model, maybe not, you know, the industry that we're in. But um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen it firsthand and talked to the people that we're working with that, you know, they've done a certain thing, but they they wanted exposure to this other side of the business or whatever it is. And, you know, we, we've been able to make that happen. And we feel like that's the type of culture that we want to build is to be able to support the employees and, you know, listen and react. And uh, those are the things that when I was, you know, progressing through my career, I really valued. So um, I think trying to take those nuggets from the big company experience and bring them, bring all of the best parts of that to this, you know, small company. I see that we have a comment as well. So let me uh, read what uh, was written. It says employees always work better when they actually feel like part of the success, which you can feel in smaller companies. However, it starts with great leadership. So 
if you want to react to what I just read to you, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the continuation of that. So if you're if you're able to help employees feel good about what they're doing, and then you know that you can see the outcome, especially if you're working you know for our business with a client where you know I want to work on something new, I go and do it for a client. They're super happy. There's like a direct you know path to success, uh, and they can really you know see the um, the fruits of their labor like real time. Um, so I think that's that's right. I mean, feeling like you're part of the team really is starts being part of a, a good culture. I think if you're working for a company and you feel like they don't care about you, I mean, why, why would you want to do good work and why would you want to continue to work there? So building that, um, you know, I think with action, I guess. So if you tell somebody, hey, like I care about you or whatever, you're, this is a family, but if you know, you're not listening to what they're saying and helping them progress and providing that sort of, sort of environment. It doesn't mean as much. So I guess it's sort of matching up the actions with, you know, the, those words. Yeah, I think that I agree with you. I, the, the comment about it really starts with great leadership is, is sort of the overarching requirement, regardless of the size of the organization for the employees to feel engaged. It really is starts with the leadership so good conversation thank you for the comment always welcome comments here if you're listening to us live today feel free to post them and we'll bring them into the conversation i'm having with anthony domachi we're talking about uh, a lot of things early stage companies we're talking about working experience let's look uh, at your experience and how do you get outside feedback that helps you to make the decisions that you and your partner need to make to grow your firm yeah, I mean, I think we we try to, you know, talk, get out and talk to people, really. I mean, the way we really have grown our business is kind of through our network and connecting with people that we worked with in the past. I mean, I got a lot of great advice from people that I worked with and, you know, people that I've worked for um, as we were going along. Um, and, you know, being out in the community and, you know, attending events and just kind of listening to people what they're saying. I mean, that's kind of really um, where where this has all come from and where we've able to been to build our client base is through sort of organically reaching out and talking to people and let them know what we're doing. And, um, you know, I feel like we have a good track record with, you know, our network and our community. And um, when people come across opportunities or ideas or whatever, you know, we sit down and we talk about it. Um, I mean, almost, almost all of our business has come through, you know, referrals or people that we know, um, kind of through that channel. So I think for me, it's, it's always been about just being who I am, being out in the community, letting people know what I'm doing and, um, you know, also making sure you get, you are getting feedback. So if we talk to a client and, you know, they're, weren't happy about something specific, we can then go back and say, look, you know, what happened and how can we be better? And, you know, we, you know, I didn't grow up as a consultant. Uh, you know, we're operators at heart. We've kind of been in the, in the trenches and doing all the things that we've done. Um, you know, I've, I've done accounting and treasury and FP&A and, you know, finance. And I've kind of done a lot of different things and I can really relate to the situation that people are in. So I think, you know, I don't know, that feels like a little bit of a differentiator for me and us um, where I can really kind of be a, a good business partner to somebody because I, I have been there. You know, I'm not 
operating from the cloud somewhere that, you know, not not to put down any anybody else or anything, but I think uh, that for me that I, that's what I rely on, I guess. I think real world experience leads to empathy, which leads to better advice and consultation. So I completely agree with you. Let let's turn our focus to the future. Anthony, describe for me and us your vision for where are you and your partner taking your firm. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we have we have clients uh, on the East Coast and even Canada, but I think we'd really like to be known in our own backyard as, you know, valuable resources in Orange County and L.A. There's, you know, there's a lot of companies around here that, you know, are in the space that we're in. And, you know, when they need a project or help, I would love for them to be able to just, our name just come to their mind. That would be amazing to me. Um, I think we like to have a small team. Um that we're a small to medium sized team. We don't want to like, you know, we want to keep the small company kind of like culture and, um, you know, like we talked about being able to be, feel really connected with everybody that's working with us and our clients. Um, so I think we want to, you know, keep going, keep progressing, you know, get, get a little bit better at what we're doing, um, continue to build our community and our client base. Um, you know, really help companies get to the next level. That's that's the part that we really enjoy, kind of that sweet spot of we've we've proved something, but now we need to get to the next level. And being a part of that is really fun and interesting. I get a lot of joy out of working with companies that you can you know add that type of value. So I would feel really good, um, you know, if in a few years from now that's or a, however long, uh, you know, we were in that place. Um, and you know, building that kind of reputation for ourselves. Okay, so if someone would like to learn more about you, maybe your LinkedIn contact information or Basecamp Consulting Group, yes. where do you suggest they go? Yeah, basecampconsultinggroup.com. There's a contact page that we can take inputs from, and then uh, yeah, I mean, I have I've taken introductions on LinkedIn. I think. Um, you know, I tend to respond more to the ones that are specific rather than a blanket, you know, blasted email. Uh, but, you know, I, I have taken meetings with people that have reached out to me um, like a cold call. But, uh, you know, yeah, we do have an in kind of an inbox um, contact page on our website that we we talk to people through. And then, yeah, our LinkedIn on uh, we have a company profile on LinkedIn as well. OK. And um, it's been a joy to talk to you. I I love the opportunity to feel the early stage energy that the entrepreneurs have who are starting a business. And I thank you for your candor and willingness to kind of share your experience with our audience today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been super fun. I think, uh, you know, I've never, I've never been on something like this. So it's just keeps going with the like, you know, keep getting a little uncomfortable. There you go. That is a, that is, I look for these transferable teachable moments. And th that one is probably one that we should reinforce, which is how important it is as an entrepreneur. And it's not just early stage, but to be willing to be uncomfortable because there is the opportunity maybe for growth and development, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the path that I've been on and that's, you know, whatever the decisions I made in the past, right or wrong, that's where I am today. And then you just, just got to keep going, keep right. trusting yourself, trust your gut. One foot in front of the other. 
one foot <laughs> in front of the other. Just keep moving. Well, thank you again, Anthony. I've had a real enjoyable time with you this morning. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'd like to thank Gottlieb Rackman Reisman for proudly supporting this edition of Critical Mass Business Talk Show. GRRPC provides legal advice and guidance on all aspects of intellectual property law, including patents, trademarks, and copyrights. If you'd like to learn more about them, visit their website, grr.com. I'd also like to thank the audience and Anthony for being a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. Today's episode was number 1,313. If you'd like, if we're not connected on LinkedIn, reach out to me. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, or visit my new website, which is just launching, which is simply rickfranzi.com. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you again on our next episode. Thank you.